Welcome back to the fight with Teddy Atlas. This is going to be a special episode. Just a quick hitter on a couple of things we wanted to revisit regarding the Canelo. Um, this is going to be a burp. <laughs> regarding the Canelo Jacobs fight, you had mentioned that it was a tale of two fights, and it looked like um, almost literally almost two different fights from one to six, and then seven to twelve, with Canelo seeming to, in my opinion, dominate the first six rounds, and then Danny started to come on late. But I wanted to give you a chance to expand upon that. Danny so allowed to come on late, yeah. and then that's fair. I think it, yeah, I think we're probably more, we try to be as definitive and specific as possible, and probably more so than people are used to, but, uh, he allowed is probably the, the proper term to go with that. Yeah. Cause in the first six, it did look like Canelo was in complete control and had a lot of confidence that seemed to grow each round until the second half, like you said, and it looked like, one could argue either Canelo let off the gas or Jacobs picked it up, but I know you or have. A- you could say that wouldn't be the first time. You could say Canelo ran out of petrol. Mm-hmm. You know the gauge started going towards the E a little bit. Uh, I touched on it that maybe he didn't do enough road work. You know I don't want to make excuses for him, but the the echoes were out there that he he's got a knee problem and maybe he's going to have to visit. A doctor after this or orthopedic guy and see whether or not there's something that has to be done, but he wears a brace on his knee, so maybe he didn't get to do enough cardiovascular. It's no excuse. Mm-hmm. I mean, you gotta be ready. Otherwise, don't sign the contract. Uh, but I don't believe it was that. I, I believe it was, you know, getting to a place that are you gonna go to the next place? And it's not a talent or an ability or a quality that can be seen. It's not visible. It's invisible. But it's there. You know, it's, it's what I touched on being an excavator, not, you know, not just a landscaper, not just a guy that is taking care of the surface, but a guy that digs, a guy that wants to find more. You know, the Fighters that I think get the, at least in my world, get the privilege of being called great. They're never satisfied. They're always looking. They're always searching. They want more. They got to find more. They got to find more. You know, it's a human tendency to do just enough and not do more if you're not forced to. But it's a sign of greatness uh, when... And I don't care if it's a lawyer, I don't care if it's a doctor, I don't care if it's a teacher, uh, whatever it is, whatever your trade might be, uh, your craft might be, you know, uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it can be a carpenter, uh, it, it can be a baker. You you, you want to explore, find more. Because why? Because you can. Why? Because it's there. Canelo was doing that up until the point that difficulty arise to the point of symptoms of, you know, conditioning, lack of, um, whatever, whatever it was. And he paused. And that allowed the door to open for Jacobs. When, when that happens, again, it's, you're not going forward because you're not sure if the coast is clear, you're, you're, you're looking for a beacon. 
you know, when we're in our struggles, it's no different than being at sea. And it gets a little rough. It gets a little edgy. It gets and and it gets a little dark. Why do you think they put those buoys out there with the blinking lights? So there's hope. You you now just think about it. You you're going you're going towards a destiny. And all of a sudden, it gets dark, it gets cloudy, it gets thunderous, uh, it gets choppy. And but are you still going towards that, or do you just stop going towards that now? And and just hope that you that you went far enough. Do you just stop and just you know hope that you you can drift the rest of the way, or do you keep going towards that? And then you see the beacon, and you go towards that. But what about if the beacon didn't come? What do you do? You drown? <laughs> no, no, no. Think about it, really. Yeah, yeah. What do you do? Do you freaking drown? The, I'm saying these people that possess that, they keep going without seeing the beacon. Because the beacon's within them. Mm-hmm. The beacon is always pulling them, always calling them, always blinking. Because there's more there. Go. Go, find it. And I'm saying the great ones, I'm saying Canelo's not great. He, he didn't display that. And I'm saying he's tremendous. I'm not being contradictory. He's tremendous. But I'm saying Hagler would have went without the beacon. Sugar Ray Leonard would have went without the beacon. And now the other thing I want to touch on is somebody asked me, you should ask me, kid, but somebody asked me, they said, Teddy, got a question for you. Jacobs in that fight started too late. Yes. I mean, if you want to just be, you know, black and white, yes. Well, if you start a little, if you start at Fordham again, you start a little sooner, he'll win. No. Teddy, what do you mean no? You just agree with me. He started too late. So if he started too, a little sooner, he would have won. He wouldn't have started sooner. What do you mean? Because he would have waited too late again. Because he was waiting for the beacon. Hmm. Because he was waiting for the coast is clear. He was waiting for the light. He was waiting for the signal. He was waiting that he he's the guy, and I touched on this the other day with our episode, and I, he's the guy in your office at the end of the hall, and it's an office building full of talented people. You would only be in an office building full of talented people. I know that. <laughs> and he's at the end of the hall at the water fountain, and the water's running through his mouth, but he ain't drinking. He's waiting for the moment to pass, for the coast to be clear, for the guy that he's uncomfortable seeing to get out of the way, for his boss to be gone. He's waiting for that. And Jacobs was waiting for that. He was waiting for the uncomfortable moment to pass, the 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 boogeyman to be gone, for somebody to say, "You can come now." And <laughs> yeah, 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 he was waiting. And so it wasn't a matter of his timing being off that he started one round too late, and it was one or two rounds too late. The yeah. difference of winning and losing, but that's life. And that's what I want the people. I want this show to be that for people out there. I said it. I want to keep my word. When we first started our initial episode, I, when uh, we launched it, I said that we're going to use 
boxing to connect the dots in life. And that's what it is. And life is a fight. And that's, this, this is for everyone out there. This isn't for Canelo. Canelo's, you know, he's, he's good. He's good, baby. But, and Jacobs is good, even though he came up short in his two biggest fights. He's good. He's made money and everything. But there's a reason you come up short when the talent is just as good, arguably. And in some ways, you could even argue might be better in some, in some areas. Uh, but again, you do it all over again. You do the math. Six rounds, six and six is 12. It's a 12 round fight. You know, he blew the first six rounds. So start one round, add one to six. You got seven, right? That means you win. Yeah. The math don't work in that universe. It's not a universe of math. It's a universe of wills. It's a universe of beliefs. It's a universe of are you willing to go somewhere that you haven't gone before without somebody handing you a map that the road is clear, that the road is there, that it won't suddenly end on you. And so they could do the fight again a week later. He'll start late again. Well, I would argue too. Also, you know if, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because because again, the signal won't come until it it comes, and so it's again, it's not a matter of him doing the math and saying, oh, "I better can start going." I'm running out of. It's not that. It's not that. That's the the genesis of of the stimulus to get him going. And um, go ahead. I'm I'm sorry. Almost like a combination of Canelo letting off the gas gave him the opportunity to start coming forward and putting forth more of an effort. And had he done that earlier while Canelo was still fresh, he might have exposed himself to some. Well, Canelo had him. I mean, just close your eyes and see. I said it the other day when when we did the the episode and we're following up on it now. He it was a sputtering car. Right? You don't drive those. You drive. I see the cars you drive. They do not sputter. They are good cars. Rob drives me around. I don't drive. They're, 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 see, now you get <laughs> easy. And it, it, the car's sputtering. And it's ready to be pushed literally off the cliff. And Canelo didn't push you off the cliff. Yeah. You know, and Canelo... He didn't, Danny didn't dig and claw and find a way back in. He was given a way back in. Yeah. You know, the, the, the door of opportunity was, was suddenly open for him. Uh, the other thing I wanted to touch on, and then we're captives and that'll be it, is we go overboard. I touched on it in the episode the, the other day where I think that we go overboard with our, Especially with our sports figures, heroes, whatever they you, you want to use as the description, where it's the greatest. Oh my God, it's the greatest. You know what did you what are you judging it against? I mean, why? Because you're here during that time, yeah. So it's convenient that if it's the greatest, then I was around during the greatest era. So that's pretty cool. 
It makes that embodies me more in in certain dimensions. So I just think we, my God. And now listen, some of them might be out and out shilling. That that sometimes people will shill for you know I call it howling for your meal. Yeah, <laughs> you know that. But I mean. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm talking to the people now, if you don't mind. I'm talking to these guys for a second. Uh, you guys are smart. Do you ever feel insulted? Really? I mean, I'm not saying I'm perfect when I do the commentating, but I, I, I want to be realistic. I want to be as forthright as possible. And, um, and sometimes more so than maybe the promoter or the, maybe my employer wanted me to be. But I'm thinking about, you got, just say the truth. It doesn't give you a badge of honor or anything, but say the truth because you guys aren't dumb. And and then some people will say to me, but Teddy, if you say the truth, it's not a good fight or the guy's not this and you only say he's this, uh, the people might not come and buy the product. You guys can tell me if I'm right or wrong, but I think you will because you get the truth. I think there's value to that because you get the truth. You 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 buy into that. You feel good about that. You 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 might be told, "Hey, this might not be as great a fight as we want it to be," but you tune in because you were told that. You won't run away because of that. Right. See, but people will tell me in my business, "Oh, Teddy, you got to be careful. You know, maybe that hurts you a little bit in in, in your business because you know." Uh, the employers out there and, you know, the uh, sponsors out there, the advertisers out there, uh, <laughs> they, they, you know, they want this. They, you know, they want multitudes of uh, bouquets of flowers all the time. And, and they want it over the top. They want, and, and my argument is those guys, you speaking for them, I think they want the truth. I think that if they know they're going to get the truth, they'll find that, they'll find that worthy enough. That, and then the fight will turn out to what it is. But at least, and then, but at least they know, isn't, don't you want to be able to depend on whether or not you could trust somebody? That I know that if says it's a bad fight, all right, but I still come and watch because A, it was honest. And B, I find it interesting that he was able to handicap it that way. And let's see if he's right. And that's, that's look at all the nuances attached to that or all the peripheral stuff attached to that instead of just that it has to be the thrill of Manila. Uh, and, and the things that he's pointing out that make it, uh, why it, it came up short in this way. That's something to examine. And again, I just think that the people, I start with my question again. Do you ever feel insulted? Do you ever feel insulted when sometimes they go over the top? Or do you become robotized where if you're hearing something and we can be led by things, right? I yeah. mean, really, I, I, I see a McDonald's commercial and I want a Big Mac. I, I, I do. I, well, I get, well, I start getting a little hungry. I think I, I want a Big Mac. Along so, those lines, when I'm watching a fight, you're right. When you hear someone say, 
oh, that was a big shot and you don't think it lands. I start questioning myself like, did I miss that? That didn't look like a big shot to me. And I start to think like, oh, they must be right. I must have missed it. They're at the fight. And I start to be- like – subconsciously I realize I'm starting to judge the fight the way that things being called and that's not always the case. You're being led. You're yes. being led. Yes. And and I'm just saying I I'm not perfect, but I if I felt something was going that way, I'm gonna say it, don't get me wrong. Yeah. People could say you're leading too. No, well I, I'm leading from from what I'm seeing. Yeah. Not what I'm projecting. Right. And you know, but I'm just wondering if our buddies over here uh, ever feel used, <laughs> played, uh, you know, a little bit, a little bit that, you know, and, and insulted a little bit, kind of like uh, De Niro said in uh, Goodfellas, you, you insult him a little bit, <laughs> a little bit, Tommy. Yeah. yeah so. and, and I'm just curious that again that is, is it true am i playing this wrong that if you tell the truth even when it's not to your benefit of you know what you're selling mm-hmm. right uh that that it will it will hurt you with the fans yeah and the advertisers thinking that it or chase the fans or will the fans say no there's a word to that to that, you know what? I'm I'm gonna watch it, even though he he warned us. I'm gonna watch it out of I don't know if this is a too powerful word uh, misused, but out of respect that he's respecting us. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and see what we get, and go down this road because there'll be good ones too. But I, I'll go to the rain puddles with him too. Yeah, and but anyway. One of the things during the course of the fight was they were going crazy when Canelo, you know, was slipping and dipping and, you know, making a miss, a few punches, right? Yeah, you're talking about yeah. the commentators, Brian Kenny well, and Sergio yeah. Moro. Now, listen, yeah. I, think, I think that they're good people and they're, they're terrific. Yeah, I, I, like I do. Them. I, I mean, like them too. They're two of my favorites. I mean, so I should say that. And they are. And and they have their eyes and they have their judgment and uh you know and and they're right, they're right. He was doing all that. Yeah. I, I I'm gonna say it again. They're right. All I'm saying is, for me, maybe it's because where I come from, but isn't a fighter at that level if we're already saying and declaring that he's that level of a fighter, Canelo? Doesn't that come with the turf, with the territory? Aren't you supposed to do those things? Should you be given, you know, I remember we used to collect those uh, bazooka wrappers, and if you got enough of them, you could send away and you get a Dakota ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get one of those Dakota rings. Those were pretty cool. And and like some kind of a junior badge of, uh, of uh, you know, you were, you were a universal elite star leader. I don't know. It was something. And, and you wanted to get that badge. Should you be given that badge if you're a fighter, an elite fighter, and you're slipping some punches? Really? I mean, is, aren't you kind of doing what fighters at that level are supposed to do? I mean, isn't it kind of a given that that's why? I mean, 
Isn't that what Floyd Mayweather does in his sleep doing the national anthem? <laughs> isn't I that, think you're, you're talking what, about the fourth no, round, saying, right? Isn't that Pernell Whitaker to, has uh, did his whole great career and he doesn't get enough credit? And let's look at some of the stuff. So you're talking we got about our great, we got, we got our great producer here, really, and I don't say that lightly, but. Uh, there's a montage here. Let it run. So we're talking about, I think, in the fourth round of the uh, fight, Canelo had a, slipped a few punches, and he looked nice, but it was like they they and he acted, did it a couple yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, Let it run. And and look, very nice, very na- beautiful, beautiful. But you know what? There is something missing, too. Guess what it is? Jelly! I like my peanut butter with jelly. I see the peanut butter, Right? Where's the jelly? Where's the punching back? Where's the countering? So I can make the argument. Very good, right? yeah. That Mayweather did the same thing, but he counted. Pinot did the same thing, Sweet Pea, and he was sweet, baby. He counted. Yeah. All right? Tyson, right? Not my favorite buddy in the world, but Tyson, when he was Tyson, when he was really good, he'd make you miss. Bang! He hit you in between. Yeah. So I'm, That's I'm just, a good point that no one's put, no one talked about is he was slipping him but he wasn't throwing anything off the counter and if he was throwing back maybe then he would be that level I'm talking about maybe I'm just saying and maybe Jacobs is in there when maybe he does go off the cliff yeah but but all but the point I'm making I didn't even want to go into that place the point I'm making is aren't you supposed to do that if you're that level fighter Let's watch some of the other guys through the history of the sport. There's Floyd. There's money, baby. You're making a mess, okay? Now he counters back a little bit. But I'm just saying that this is not Haley's comment. Again, this is not the solar eclipse when a guy makes you miss. This is what fighters do. Even Fury does it at six foot eight or whatever he is. Even he does it. It's not that remarkable. I mean, there's Sweet Pea. Oh, he was great in the Southpaw. Oh, he was tremendous. And and there's, I mean, all the look, look at Sweet Pea. Oh, baby, you know, like the old times would say, stand right in front of you, and you can't hit him in the backside with a handful of buckshot. I mean, I think Loma Loma's one of the best at slipping, step around, and throwing punches constantly. yeah, oh, he's tremendous. He, he, you know, he, he puts the other dimensions to it. But I'm, I'm just saying, should we go now? That, that nuts that guy's doing what you're supposed to do in your craft. I mean, that would be like the pizza pie maker. Uh, I know you watch the diet. So do you have pizza? I oh, hope yeah, you enjoy yeah, pizza yeah, once in a while. <laughs> Please have fun. All right. And, I'm having the most fun. All right. And so. You get the pizza pie guy, right? And he's, and he's got the pizza and he's throwing, he's getting ready, he's putting it down on the tray. What does he do? He sprinkles a little flour. Does somebody scream, whoa, look at the way he sprinkled flour on that pan. No, he's a pizza guy. You, you sprinkle flour on a pan. You're a pizza guy. That's what you do. Right? Yeah. You, you got a chef, you know, he's, he's in the kitchen, he's making a top chef, you know, he's got the hat. That must be a top chef if you got a hat, right? Yeah. And and he he's doing all the cool. And all of a sudden, he takes a little oregano. Oh, he did you see the way he <laughs> dropped that oregano into that stew? What? He's a chef. Supposed to drop freaking oregano into the freaking stew, right? 
But I think it's not unlike the NFL. You see guys make a routine catch. I remember um, who was it? Keyshawn um, Keyshawn, John- Keyshawn Johnson. He caught a touchdown early in his career. Slams his helmet off, stomps up the sideline. I'm like, you get paid millions of dollars to catch footballs. Why are you surprised that you caught one? That should be like, hey, yeah. No shit. But, I get paid to do this. Thanks for coming. That's the showmanship. That's a little bit of a different. That's that's the individual. Uh, but I'm just talking about. Well, after he's slipping, us. he's like admiring his handiwork yeah, rather well, than getting yeah. right back but, on but the, the gas. But the part I'm talking about is the part where we we are commenting on it and viewing it and making it so extraordinary. I'm not talking about the individual showing off, yeah. but we're, we're making it so extraordinary when it's not that extraordinary. It's it's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. It's it's like a lawyer, take another example, just to go all over the place. Uh, it's like a lawyer, and you say, did you hear how direct and confident and specific that lawyer addressed the jury? Um He's a lawyer. He's supposed to talk direct and with specifics and with confidence and with eye contact. That's why you're paying him 400 an hour. I mean, he's a lawyer. Uh, if he didn't talk that way, uh, you probably wouldn't pay the 400 an hour. Uh, you know, and getting back to the, the individual showing off, I always hearken back to the example in football years ago to the great Jim Brown, who probably was the greatest running back of all time, at least in my estimation. And he, he used to, when everybody else was doing what you say, and back in those days, it wasn't at the level it is today, but where they're spiking the ball and everything else. And he would just hand the ball to the, to the rep. That's my favorite. Yeah. And somebody one time asked him, and this is my favorite too. Asked him, "Hey Jim, how come you don't spike the ball? How come you don't do all those, you know, histrionics?" Uh, when you, he goes, "I've been here before, and I expect to be here again." <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not that big a deal. And yeah. this is where I expect to go. When I carry the ball, I um, I expect to go there. I expect to go to the end zone, and. You know, when I see guys like that and then you see like Odell Beckham and some of these other new receivers and, um, NFL guys and they do these elaborate soup, uh, touchdown dances. All I can think is like Ronnie Lott, Jim Brown looking at them and they must be like, what in the hell? What is going on here? What, like, what are these guys doing? Cause those guys were just killers on the field and they never did that individual stuff. Look at my touchdown dance. I mean, I, I can't even imagine what their reaction would be to that, to seeing that. Thank you for allowing me to recap some of this stuff um, from the other episode and just, you know, just make clearer points on it. Yeah, no, that was great. Um, We're going to wrap it there. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Um, Hope you enjoyed that, and uh, we'll be back.